Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebri. And I am Jessica Tercero. And this week, we watched... Teenage, Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We did. Oh, also, TMNT. Happy New Year to everybody. Oh, yeah, this is going to come is, out on New Year's. This is day three of the new year, I think. Um, uh-huh. So welcome to 2021. How are we feeling? Is everything changed in an instant at the stroke of the night? I hope so. Uh, knowing full well better? that won't be the case. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But anyways, uh, new year, new us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are we right? Oh, that was garbage. Uh, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and yeah, I don't really have a history with the brand that is TMNT. Um, really? I'm, fr- I'm familiar with its existence in memory never really nostalgic for it because i never really had any history with it um but i knew it was cool and i knew that like i'd seen some of the cartoons like i knew about it but i just never i don't i hadn't seen either of these movies or any of like the original teenage mutant ninja turtles that came after the uh one that we covered yeah i have like almost no history with them i am the opposite Love. I watched the cartoon growing up. Obsessed. So that was cool. Love. Um, I just loved loved pizza, loved turtles. Uh, so it's snatch, right? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have vague memories of like watching the films coming out too. But like, um, I was I was more about the cartoon. Like, I mean, I was more about the cartoon with like everything with like. X-Men and Batman, the animated series and all of that. Like, I liked the animations. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why. But, like, watching this was wild because, like, <sighs> so I remember, like, the 90s ones. And I remember them being, like, kind of bad. I tried to watch the first one, like, in the past, like, sometime in the past year. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I could do this. And I ended up turning it off, <laughs> like, within oh, the first, really? like, 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh my I don't know. Like, it just, it wasn't hitting, like, the the vibe, the mood that I was, like, going for. It was, oh, for sure. it wasn't hitting that, right? So I was like, all right, yeah. whatever. And then I absolutely refused to watch the new one, right? Because... All the shit from like, you know, oh, cool. So Michael Bay, Transformers, Megan Fox, all gonna just pivot over to this other thing. Hey, member, you know, and I was yeah. like, okay, this is boring. And I like, I don't like this. And I was like, I was just incredibly against, I was incredibly against it. There was like a time in my life where I was like, why do you need to remake anything? Because like the original was perfect, which we know it's not, it's but not like, true. It, <laughs> I felt like, yeah, and especially like being a a woman in like gaming and nerd areas, right? Like, if you like, uh, you know, I mean, that's not the case now, but like, if you were to say something like, oh, I'm kind of excited for this, right? Like, you would be like burned at the stake, right? Because it's like, oh, well, you're not a true fan and oh, whatever, like any sort of criticism or any sort of like, you know, it's like, oh, do you know the turtles four names? Like, if you're a woman (laughs) liking anything, especially like, so, um, so I kind of like, I subscribe to that too, that like, you know, very gatekeepery kind of nerddom out of like a sense of like self preservation or like well, just fitting in or something. Well, and I also, also yeah. being a being a part of any subculture, it's hard to to not 
sort of ascribe to that kind of a mentality. It's hard it's hard to distance yourself from it because part of being a part of said subculture is trying your best to fit in and feel or or gain like the confidence of others in yourself. And so if you're coming out of the gate swinging and being like Actually, I really like this. And actually, and it's like, oh, whoa. Actually, I love the Crystal Skull. They're going to be like, uh, oh, oh, hold on. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Exactly. Um, excuse and it's, me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there weren't a lot of women that I knew uh, growing up or like a lot of my peers were not women because they were not as interested in these kind of things and these kinds of stories or video games or whatever. So like, yeah, it, it was just... It was not great. And um, I'm so glad that I've evolved and grown past all of that. And being able to like just really look at these things and these stories for what they are is um, is lovely and a treat. And I still like it's so funny because like sometimes I'll, I'll like post like, hey, look at we release this episode and people like some people will just like actively not engage because they are just so afraid of criticism or oh, of, yeah. like, how dare you go off about this, you know, uh, it, it's it's wild how how protective and toxic some of some of this like fandom is and a lot of the fandom that you know I grew up in in Orange County, uh, yeah. California. What up? Ugh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. But um, but yeah. So like that's kind of why I was always like I do not want to watch TMNT, the new one. That's bullshit. Why would they remake this? Also like why why Megan Fox? Why this? You know and because, like, also in Transformers, I also refused to watch Transformers. But, like, there was... Have you seen like, it? I haven't, no. Uh-uh. Love. And, like, I just know, like, the... You know, and this is this is me being ignorant, right? Like, I just knew that Megan Fox was in it and she was there to be the it girl. Or, like, yeah. the, you know, just the sex appeal or whatever. And I fucking hate that because, like... To me, that always like created like this this double standard growing up of like, oh, cool. If you're going to be in these stories or engage in that, this is what you need to look like and this is what you need to be. And um, it was just a really bad representation of that. So, yeah. Anyways, this is a whole long thing to say, like, well, um, I, I didn't engage with these things because I didn't I, it didn't feel like they were made for me. And now after having watched the remake, I am so glad I did. Really? Oh, see, I, oh, I feel like I feel like we have interest. This is this will be fun. Um, I do want to point out: is this not the perfect IP for this podcast? Mm-hmm. Like when we started, we talked about movies like this, where it's like literally they are simply doing this as a nostalgia grab. It's very obvious, like, because some of them are a little bit more subtle where it's like, oh, a reinterpretation or like a new iteration of where is this? No. Uh, let's get the guy who was famous for transforming uh, and th- that <laughs> other original IP into this billion, multi-billion dollar franchise. Let's get him to do that with this other IP of the same time period. Boom. Let's go. It's just What's it's changed obvious- about the formula? Nothing. Nothing. It's literally a cash grab. The lighting's garbage. Um, let's just make it an action thing with very little dialogue. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, go off. Do it. Yeah. You did it. You went there. I mean, that's how I felt about the first one. I did like the second one a lot, and a lot of it has to do with Megan Fox specifically. Really? Okay. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
In 1990s New York, reporter April O'Neill sets out to investigate her theory that a new crime syndicate is behind the rise of recent thefts in the city. After witnessing one of these thefts firsthand, she is attacked and saved by a man-sized turtle with sweet ninja moves named Raphael, who takes her back to his hideout where she meets the rest of the turtle group, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and their sensei master, Splinter, a large ninja rat. Meanwhile, the crime syndicate known as the Foot Clan continues to recruit young boys throughout the city to do their bidding by promising them a safe space to do boy things like play video games, skateboard, play poker, drink booze, and smoke? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dang, go off. The turtles hang out with April and become fast friends. However, her apartment is destroyed by the Foot Clan, as is the turtles' secret hideout, forcing them to leave the city with newcomer Casey Jones. The crew regroup at April's country house and come back to the city ready to save their master, who was taken hostage at some point, I guess. Then there's a big old fight and another big old fight. Splinter is saved, a monologue, and another big old fight. But eventually the day is saved and everyone is a-okay. Feelings are bad and your dad loves you, I guess? Whatever. Cowabunga dudes! <laughs> so I want to get into something first and foremost. I did a little, I mean, it's not that big of research, but um, the term cowabunga, do you know where that comes from? No. Okay. So I know it's not like perpetuated in this IP. So it originated on the Howdy Doody show. On the Howdy Doody show, there was a character named Chief Thunderthud. So this was oh. a Native American character oh, in wow. the show that was played by obviously a white person. <laughs> um and and again, it's it's like it's it's some of this this like history that like I mean it's just a word that's not associated with really anything, right? But white actor, it was sort of the portrayal of Native Americans. Oftentimes when he was on the show, he was like regularly being tricked and that was like part of the shtick. He would make up words and claim that it was part of Native American culture, including being the chief of the, however you pronounce kangaroo spelled backwards to make it sound like a Native American term. So it's really just degradation That's of Native gross. people. It's super crazy. Yeah. Anyways, how do you do shout out? Um, but one of his things, he would say cow and then something else to make it sound like a Native word. And cowabunga was one of the words that he made up. And so, in the history of the word, it became adopted as surfer lingo because several histories have claimed from several different sources that the word was adopted by a lot of um, Native Hawaiian surfers who, at that time, really identified with the show Howdy Doody, and it sort of just became surfer lingo that was, like, synonymous with, like, righteous or, like, sick or, like, this is awesome, like, I love this. Uh, and then that's literally just how it was adapted into general vernacular. So there is a history with Howdy Doody, but then it's sort of co-opted into just meaning like cool or righteous, which was like cool surfer thing. And then because that was just a regular piece of general lexicon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Cowabunga. Righteous. That's wild. I had Isn't that no crazy? Idea. I know. It's oh my super nuts. But again, it's one of those things that like in in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's not like used with malintent. It literally is used in the way that of it's like of this more it's a co-opted term that means something completely different, completely devoid of its problematic history. But even still, there is that problematic history there that it like 
is I mean, again, it's really like it's so weird that that term just comes directly from colonialism as an idea of like clowning Native American people, stealing and killing them. Like it's and it's such an innocuous word. It's so what what appears to be so PG and so relatively meaningless right like it's such it feels like such a meaningless word because i mean technically it is it means nothing (laughs) language that's wild i had no idea language is well the history of colonialism is crazy i don't know have you guys heard about that it's insane Uh. (laughs) man white people are fucking awful (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my goodness okay thank you for letting me go on my little Thank uh, you for sharing. Journey. I I would have had no idea had you not said something. Yeah. Anyways, this, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Speaking of co-opting <laughs> things, right? The whole fucking premise is ninjas, right? Is Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> so the Foot Clan, they come in and they try to, they prey on like all of these young, misunderstood, mostly white boys, right? Um, and get them to like come in and like say like, look, we're, we're your family. We'll do all this. We see you, but you got to fight for us, right? Or you got to steal for us. And like, because these kids feel empowered to do things that they're not told to do, like they, they just kind of like, what is it? It's, uh, uh, the outside world rejects you. I am your father and this is your family now. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, I mean, the white fathers that we see in this are terrible. So in a sense, it's like demonizing them from the get-go, like, you know, because they're the bad guys, they are foreigners, and they came to this land, and they're corrupting young white men, which (laughs) just like that that whole thing is gross. And like this whole whole movie is like just uh, dripping with that. And I like that's so uh, such a staple of the Teenage Mutant Ninja. Oh my god, I can't talk. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story, right? Yeah. That like it's right there in the title, so you you literally can't get away from that. But this film did really, really beat that beat that over the bush. Well, I don't what know make, what's the saying. No, what, <laughs> no, they 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 absolutely Two birds pummeled in a bush it into with the ground. Stone with the. <laughs> Birds and but stones they, and bushes. They put the pigeon in the pie. What? <laughs> yeah, I heard they threw the pie in the trash and then the pigeon died. I don't know. No, it's the rat. Wait, okay. It's a rat. Anyways. Yes. No, you're totally right. And that's what, the, like, I mean, it's so emblematic of generally co-opting of culture, right? So, like, this sort of relatively acultural figure, like, these acultural figures, these turtles, are then given a very particular kind of aggressively unnuanced big air quotes Asian thing and then in the screenplay in this story that's not really addressed but what is addressed is the demonization of every Asian character and the sort of the the continued perpetual idea of like you should be afraid of them they're corrupting good hearted Americans if it wasn't for them these young white boys would be a-okay they're the Mm -hmm. ones being bad they're corrupting the youth get rid of them right but then, yeah, and it's like, okay, so these 
turtles learned oh, this this is just a fucking wild movie it's a wild premise I mean, and i'm so excited but like it's a, it's a so wild these, ip in these general turtles learned ninjutsu from their rat master who learned it from his master like the the scene where he's like doing it in his cage i just fucking was dying laughing the but puppetry like, was great oh yes yes uh, I love the puppetry in this. But then, like, kind of also insinuating that, like, these turtles, like, because the turtles, they're white, right? They, they like, have whiteness exuding from them, like, culturally, right? And the only thing from their master that they really take is ninjutsu, right? So then these four white boys are learning ninjutsu and are better at it than somebody that's practiced their whole life and, like, all of his people. And so it's, like, kind of furthering that colonialist notion that, like, oh, yeah, we're going to learn this and we're going to be better than you at it. And we're going to actually use this to take you down. But, yeah, I didn't, like... So back to why the Foot Clan prays. uh, Like, so they, like I said, they, like, go after these young boys by, like, literally just, like, giving them agency and saying, like, yeah, make your... Do whatever you want. It's fine. Um, And, like, they don't address why the young men, like, stray from their families and their fathers in the first place. And it's because their their parents aren't there or you know like they don't feel cared about they don't feel seen any of that but like at the same time like there's just like one line of dialogue that's like all fathers love their sons and then like all of a sudden all these white kids are like oh somebody said that so it's fucking true so like my daddy loves me like this whole thing like hinges on like men and their emotions and how they deal and process them and like when they're not able to do so like it all it does is just lead to violence like the whole this whole fucking movie happened because it was two men fighting over a woman one dude not respecting her choice and then like they both died like but isn't okay isn't isn't it funny that the entire this movie is predicated on such a simple thing that like if it were to be examined in any capacity there would be no plot right yeah. there would be no movie if these guys were like honest or or emotionally vulnerable for even like a minute <laughs> there would be no uh movie granted it is believable because generally men or masculine identifying people often are that way and it's part of the culture to not to not be vulnerable strength is is not Emotion and strength is physicality and you're not supposed to be whatever. I feel like we, we, I mean, how we talk about it literally almost fucking like every, every episode, episode all yeah. the time. Right. Um, but this movie is predicated on a very simple that. And without that, there would be no plot. Like you yeah, said. Exactly. Good, yeah. And then like all of the other beats that happen and all the characters and like the lessons they learn and everything are like mostly like beat up anybody in your path like when you get mad don't show your emotions your daddy loves you don't worry about it he doesn't have to show it it's cool you don't have to say sorry and you can do and take what you want like i have like basically no notes for any of the individual turtles really like because the only ones that really got to speak were Raphael and leonardo and like they pitted them against each other in this like weird duality where like Raphael is like the i'm macho and leonardo is like hey but your feelings though and like they were always just kind of like butting heads and against each other and i don't know like it, it was just it was really weird like Raphael was just so like violent and easily angered and Leo just kept trying to be like, hey, you know, like, let's talk. And then, like, when he would go off, he's like, okay, cool. It's just him. He needs to let off steam. It's fine. But, like, the way that that kind of thing was presented was it wasn't, like, 
it was just like he does this all the time this is just normal and the way that i took that was it's just like kind of like enabling that behavior right so it's not just like we're gonna talk about this later you know like the way that people in this film deal with emotions is by either not moving forward and not moving on and not growing or just fucking violence right and that goes straight back to to the plot where like this woman decided that she wanted to go with somebody else and died for it. And then, like, Leo is punished for having emotions later where he's, like, his emotions blind him to, like, the situation and make him weak. And then Raphael is, like, the one to, like, save the day or whatever. Like, so it's just, like, that's all put down and that's all bad, right? Yeah. Um, I I feel like you're giving this movie way more credit than it deserves. <laughs> not, not, in like a, not in, like, a rude way, but, like, I feel like you're you're reading so so deeply into like the intention of like the emotional uh like the emotional intent of each individual turtle and, and then in my my reading of it was like oh they didn't give a shit <laughs> like they oh, didn't no, they think, for sure didn't they didn't think about and like it just it was just like they're the turtles duh one of them's horny for her actually two of them are the other one's kind of emotional one of them's going to be the outlier fine yeah great we're moving on um <sighs> I feel like I have so little to say about this movie for better or for worse. Like there was a lot. I mean, granted, the only interesting part of this movie was her. Um, Largely the only woman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Granted, her shit with Casey Jones. Also, Casey Jones. What fuck the him. fuck? Fuck, fuck him. him. I hate he him so sucks. bad. He sucks. He's, he's, he's like so inarguably bad. And there was literally not even a single moment throughout it where I was like, oh, yeah, he's cool. And she should definitely get with him. And there was never a moment where I even felt like she liked him even a little bit. So and the then right was at, like, what? And then at the okay. end, she's like, just shut up and kiss me. Like, no, why? Well, but, okay, so Casey is also another, like, so the reason that I, I had that interpretation <laughs> of Leo and, and Raphael is because, like, every fucking man that we see in this has these emotion issues and also has this, like, sense of moral superiority that they oh, push yeah. on each other, right? So, like, that's, like, the the struggle with the turtles, right? Which is the struggle with the masters, which is the struggle with Casey Jones, who, like, the first time that we see him, he's, like, you know, going to beat the shit out of these kids that, like, stole something. And then, like, yeah. Raphael is, like, well, actually, that's not what you should do. And how dare you? So, it's, like, if, if they don't come up with the idea or if they don't condone it, then it's automatically bad. And that brings me yes. to, like how destructive the binary of good and evil is like that yes. this obsession with good and bad and not allowing for nuance and not allowing for other mentalities or like other like ways of thought like how destructive that is because then that automatically like pits everybody against each other and if yes. you are if you don't think the exact same way then you're wrong and so like this movie like most of the conflict comes from men because it doesn't come from women right like because there's fucking none but like it's just these men trying to assert their dominance or assert what they need or what they feel onto other people and onto yeah. and onto each other so it's like of course, in this movie, like the one the one person that talks about emotions is going to be seen as weak. Right. You yeah. know, so it's like it, it was really infuriating for me because like also all of these men come into April O'Neil's life and literally fuck her life up. A hundred percent. She was fine beforehand. Like she did have daddy issues like again. She even talked about her dad. Right. And yeah, like, but she was she was open. But about she never it. talked she about she didn't even fucking talk about her mom. OK, she her life was like she she worked 
so much. And then, like, she also did, like, this antique store f- because it reminded of her of her dad. And, you know, like, she couldn't bring herself to get over. Okay, cool. What the fuck about your mom, though? What the fuck about this? Like, she's still, like, holding herself back because of a man, right? And so then, like, they literally set her apartment on fire. She gets fucking fired. She is put in mortal danger this whole fucking time. And, like, she, she has a man problem. Like, but- she... Ugh. It it also reinstills the idea that the men were right because she loses her home, she loses her job, she loses everything. But in the end, because she went on this adventure with all of these men, she gets the big job that she wants with the super high pay. And the she raise, gets, and this. And the raise. And- she gets it all. So in the end, the men were right. They got mm-hmm. her what she needed. Um, I do want to go back to something that you said and just blanket statement. I do think this is true. I think all binaries are bad. 100%. It just... In every capacity, when it's so rigidly either A or B, that is not how people exist. That's not how humanity works. There's nuance. There's like, it's just, it's just not true. That'll never be the case. It'll never be A or B. It'll be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Like, it'll be, it'll be Mm -hmm. everything because like people are so unique and so varied for as specific and as disinteresting as most people are and how a lot of people are very similar. Even within that similarity, everybody has different things and is so nuanced and personally them. Any binary fails. Any binary is bad. Any binary is wrong because it, it just doesn't. Conflict, it causes right? conflict and it doesn't work. And that goes even more to what you were saying too about vigilantism. The concept of vigilantism is so perspective based. It's this concept of like, the the idea of needing to be the hero and needing to save the day based on things that you perceive as good or bad. But what is your perception? What baggage do you bring to the table that skews said perspective, that, that articulates what it is that you think is either good or bad within this binary of good and evil, right? So within that, you're never gonna be correct. Like, Batman's fucked. Batman sucks. <laughs> like, all of these heroes who think there's, like, good and bad, it's... It's such a surface level. And even, and yeah, even, even some of the more like, ooh, well, he's bad, but is he bad or good? Like the sort of anti hero aesthetic or the anti hero sentiment when it comes to storytelling. I mean, even that's relatively uninteresting because of this expectation of a binary within it, right? Even that person, the only difference is instead of skating directly in good, they're skating right on that line to be like, is it good or is it bad? We don't know. That's a mystery. It's like, it's not a mystery. The binary's fucked. Have fucking nu- some nuance <laughs> and, 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 and articulate a more clear perspective of, of what humanity is. Like, are there, are there general universal bads? Obviously. Are there general universal goods? Obviously. But that's not always the case. And it has everything to do with context. What is the context, right? Like, everything is contextual. So that's never going to be the case. I don't know. Binary bullshit is so fake and bad. And it's just to be like, ah, it's fucking, it's trash. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's frustrating because I feel like everything is just based on that binary of good and evil or of man versus woman or of emotions versus rage. And so it's just, it's really boring. And it's um, boring. It's, it's really so boring. Tired. And I hate it. And I really, okay, I do want to talk about April for a minute, for a couple minutes, actually. Is that okay? Let's do it. I love it. So April O'Neil is an anti-cop tough queen. I know. And I love it. So (laughs) go ahead. I know the line, unfortunately, the police are the only ones to combat this wave of crime. Yeah. (laughs) 
the term unfortunately being so loaded i'm like yes and every moment she has she's looking at the camera she's like chief whatever your name is you're not doing anything so what do you expect any of us to do about it like the cops are useless and i'm gonna prove it on national television you're like yeah dude Fuck these cops. He's like trying to use like these, like when she's interviewing the police chief, he's trying to use all these big ass fancy words. Yeah. Decentralized networking plan, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, cool. More cops, right? Is that what she said? And he's like, well, uh, blah, blah. And so like, because she's so incredibly smart, she's like able to like fucking get in there right away and be like, oh, cool. This is what you actually said. That whole interaction was like, you know, he was like, I didn't say that. Stick stick to asking questions, blah, 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 right? You know, yeah. like, fuck you, you're a woman. And then you're putting words in my mouth. What, what do you expect me to do something for immigrants? Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how dare you tell me to do my job? And I'm like, well, fucking... I- Cool. I also I love how <laughs> I love how ignorant and bad cops are painted in this movie. Yes, hundred I mean, percent. It's just it is it is reassuring to some degree that I'm like, oh yeah, good. The cops are not painted as good people in this. That's great. I love that. We love an honest telling of the state of policing. But even on top of that, it just makes the second half of the movie just shitty because like she's capable. She's like kind of getting to the root of it autonomously by herself. She's kind of taking care of it. She's reporting on it. She's the only one doing it. She always has the scoop. She's always being interviewed to be like the breaking news surrogate for these like so many misdeeds across the city. She's in charge of it more so than the entire police (laughs) force. Right. And And then they just take her out of it. They just take her away from it. They take her out of it. And then, like, they also, like, they make you know that she's smart and that she's an independent woman and that, you know, like, girl power, the whole thing, right? But the whole time, she's dependent on men, this entire fucking story, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, like... Incompetent men. Incompetent. (laughs) And she... She calls out misogyny when she sees it, right? Yes. But in this, almost in the same breath, or just like a beat later, she it feels like she's rewarding it, right? And so, like yes. these, these are like when I talk about like those shitty '90s girl power movies, like or like it's you know this. like moments. That's what it is, right? Because like she calls out Casey Jones for being like, "Hey toots, hey babe, hey this," and she's like, "What the fuck?" Right? She's like, and, fuck you. And then the swing breaks, and it's a whole like, "Yeah, fuck him." And then, like, you know, she's like, did you take classes in sensitivity? You know? And then he, like, the next scene, she's, like, trying to rub lotion on her shoulder or something. And then he, like, just comes up, doesn't ask, and, like, just does it. And she's just like, yeah, okay. Right? And I'm like, wait, it, what? Well, and well, then... Initially, she's like, what the fuck? Like, can you not ever do that to me again? Don't ever fucking touch me. Like, that's sort of... That's the vibe yes. she's giving. And then in the same... Like, again, in the same breath, she's like... Okay, fine, do it. And it's like, no. Who yeah. wrote, like why? Okay. Also, <laughs> why? Why the fuck is her boss coming to her house first thing in the morning or like coming to her house at all? But then also like coming yeah. first thing in the morning when she's still in like her little PJs and the whole thing like and he just expects her to open the door. He expects her to do all of this. And I fucking hate that like the end right with that guy she's just like okay cool um i want this um i want this i want this and he's like yeah cool you have it cool you have it cool you have it and it's because he knew this whole time what she was worth but he didn't give it to her because she didn't ask for it and because she wasn't threatening to walk away because she she because like so often like that's how it is for a woman 
in our career, it's like, you know, unless you're willing to walk away, unless you're willing to do this, unless you're like, we all know that there's a wage discrepancy and we know that oh, yeah. it's harder for women to be promoted and stuff. And they, a lot of times, like they all use like the like, oh, well, you're a woman and child, childbirth and kids and the whole thing. And it's like, look, yeah. fuck off. But he knew this whole time what she was worth. And was he giving it to her? No. Instead, he was coming to her apartment and berating her all the fucking time. Yeah, he was just, he was abusing her because I'm sure he was getting it. And to him, he can abuse her because she's a woman. And there's also in this story, the level of she literally had to lose everything to get the thing that she wanted. When in fact, if any one of these male characters lost a single thing, it would be like, how fucking dare you? How dare you think that I need to lose this? I'm worth it. And it's like, I mean, she's. She's running the show in this movie. And that's what sucks is that like at the end of the day, she gets with this piece of shit guy who she literally was so disinterested in the entirety of the film. And it's now like, yeah, I got the guy, even though he's complicated. I'm like, no, he's an abusive piece of shit. Like you've shown yourself to be capable to not not only be capable to literally be the one running the show. You're doing a better job than literally every single person character in this movie and to just that be written into it you're right it's like this false sense of female empowerment it's this false sense of like girl power motif that just resonates with oh a guy wrote this for sure because the 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 sluffy bad guy he's kind of lovable right no he's a piece of shit and also she doesn't need a love interest like it's it's the you reiter- hear that Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. it's 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 reiterating the concept of like the only way to validate any of her accomplishments is to give her some sort of love interest that stakes its claim in patriarchal societies to say her accomplishments are now valid because I, a male presenting person, am here to validate everything that she's done. So we, and by we I mean me, because I I am pat in patriarchy uh (laughs) because of that she's good and she's accomplished and it's like yeah yay but if she was by herself it'd be like what's her deal what's her problem Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's yeah it's it's and that's the thing with this movie is like it felt it felt so unintentional like to me to me that didn't even feel like oh we're like intentionally discrediting her that's just they're just writing because this is the way the world works. It's these men writing this story. And yeah, of course she'd go with the guy. Why wouldn't she go with the guy? This guy can hit people. Like, why wouldn't they be together? You know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's so unthoughtful in that way. Like, it's just, duh, it has to happen. So we're just going to do it that way. Instead of thinking like, what does she? She's kind of perfect by herself. Like all of these people the ruined film- her life. The film feels as self-congratulatory as the turtles are with themselves. Yeah. And like, okay, look at the way that these characters live, right? So we have April who has her own apartment, who has like a shop that she runs, who has a job and everything. And then we have Casey Jones that is listening to a police scanner on a fucking rooftop. And then we have the turtles that live in the sewer in the grossest fucking bachelor pad I've ever seen. And like, also, when you look at the turtles themselves and the the children that are preyed upon by the Foot Clan, they're basically the same because like they're the way that they react to authority figures, 
Like they only think about themselves and their own needs and not really about what they're doing or why they're there or anything. Like it feels like, and especially with like the Danny character, right? Like Danny didn't think about any of that stuff, why he was there or anything. Just And the turtles weren't truly either. They were just like, oh, bad guy, I guess. Okay. But like they tried to make this like a kind of, coming of age redemption story where Ugh. it's like it's just dan now I was and he doesn't apologize he doesn't well, apologize he just is like oh here's the 20 dollars. trust yes. me and the it's only- like okay you don't say sorry you never fucking say sorry in this movie like fuck you well the <laughs> only you. thing because that's not it's not an apology but the only thing that he like recoups for or has any sort of apologetic attitude towards his capital it's because of the 20 bucks. Yes. It's literally nothing else. On top of that, I do. I know that we haven't talked about this on the pod. We've talked about it via text. But do you think when they wrote Toy Story, this was also a pull of ideology? This kid looks like Sid in Toy Story. And this uh-huh. t-shirt the entire time literally just says Sid. Like mm-hmm. the character's name's on the back. And that's not his name. That's not his name. In, Sid is not a character in this movie. It's just this guy, Lanky, with that cut. He looks like Sid from Toy Story. And his shirt in this movie says Sid. It just, I mean, going back to uh, A Christmas Toy and the whole conversation of like, oh, Toy Story is 100% a rip. <laughs> you know, like they they yeah. completely lifted. Their, I mean, again, different thing. And we could talk about that on another thing. But <laughs> because it was top of mind for me when I watched it, it was very just like, oh, that's probably where they got that character. He's like pseudo punk mischievous and uh theft ridden like he's bad family supposedly that you know like all of those other like just really shitty tropes that are like okay yeah i get it also speaking of shitty can we talk about how the turtles like you know the the their way is the only way and also why they're such fucking assholes to that pizza guy okay why they're like oh he's he's like a second lay He's not getting all the money now. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you fucking suck, Karen. Karen Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> like, Well, to me, that's the thing is what's so silly about this is that they're supposed to be these pillars of justice and with such a clear defined understanding of right and wrong. But they're simultaneously teenagers who have not experienced a lot. Not, I mean, obviously not to be ageist or to discredit young people, but there is a level of like experience that comes along with the the, again i i'm getting into this whole thing but you see the adolescent behavior of something like that where it's like they think they're being funny but in reality they're just being fucking assholes like to them it's fun and funny and they're just like being silly but it's like hey this guy is trying to work a job like you're being a dick fuck off but at the same time they're they're the overseer and the sort of and all be all pillars of justice for the city of New York. You know what I mean? It just, but that's, but that's the IP. That's the whole concept where it's like the teen aspect is supposed to appeal to children where it's like, yeah, I'm a teen. I'm a preteen. Fuck it. I'm cool. Let me get my skateboard and eat pizza. I'm a turtle roar. Right. (laughs) But on top of that, they're also supposed to be crime fighting heroes. So it's, it's a dichotomy of those two things. Doesn't make sense. They don't exist together or shouldn't exist together realistically. But again, that's that's trying to explain the concept of realism in a movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Where yes, turtles absolutely. <laughs> are like real and human sized and they are ninjas also. Like again, what like to, to to what to what degree is it just like silly story 
poorly written. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Because not not to not to say that like I, the choices aren't bad because the choices are bad, but no, a hundred percent. I and I I think that like so yes, this is bad. Yes, this is dumb. Yes, whatever. But like I also think that especially because this is for children, you know, like and so like in the same way that we got that like really shitty patronizing view of girl power, right? Where we just feel excited to be included because there's a woman in this movie. At the same, like, and I don't know, I go back to it a lot, but, like, the the Ghostbusters type character that Bill Murray was, right? Like, yeah. uh, like that portrait of masculinity, and this is what this is. So, like, what we're doing with this, with, <laughs> and the reason I am just as critical of media for young people is because, like, what this is doing is working to normalize this kind of behavior. And and I hate that, you know? And I think that, yes, this is dumb. Yes, this is silly. Yes, it's kind of fun. Yes, it's like, like there's a lot of moments like the gay joke that happened, right? Where oh. uh, that was fucking bad. So, but like, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, I loved it. And here's why. Um, it's so emblematic of a straight fear of, queerness just in the sense that like he says oh you're claustrophobic and he's like do you want a fist in the mouth i've never even looked at another guy before he's so (laughs) far he's so far removed from the concept of being attracted to men that he's literally never seen a man (laughs) like he's never even looked at a guy like whenever he sees a guy he averts his gaze because i'm not gay (laughs) like i can't even look at you i'm that not gay you want to know how not gay i am look i can't even look at like so to me i just i loved i've never even looked at a guy before is just so funny to me (laughs) like that is just the silliest fucking reaction which also low-key i'm like oh if that's his reaction doth protest uh a lot here if you're 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 like so homophobic that it's like you can't even you've thought about this that means you've thought about guys sexually queen what's up hey um i mean not to say that casey jones is cute because casey jones sucks but i just thought it was very funny anyways yeah that's that's why i'm critical of this kind of stuff is just because it's like this is what's working to normalize and reinforce behaviors and attitudes and gender norms and whatever oh yeah the fuck else that they're gonna put in here right and so like luckily now more people are going to therapy you know instead of just like you know punching their feelings out uh or at least like the idea of therapy is becoming normalized right and so it's just watching this i'm like oh okay this makes sense why i was treated the way that i was by my peers by men my age you know oh yeah and the woman is like always there just to be like you know she's there in the fucking room and they're like ah man what a babe ah yeah i'm gonna take her out you know like yeah especially being i know i've mentioned it but like just the only woman in the room you know like oh yeah she's in the video ah yeah man fucking cool like i'm gonna do and it's just it's really gross and it's really patronizing and like when their heroes do this that's exactly why like that's exactly why uh this kind of behavior exists and why it still exists today as they grow up and and then they teach that to their children because they're, you know, like, oh, man, this is so cool. You got to you got to watch this Ninja Turtle shit, you know, like, yeah, it's all cyclical. And it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, and those kind of for as much as I'm like, I love that joke. That's so funny. I mean, it is that kind of humor where I was like, oh, no wonder I hated myself for so long. Like, of course, that makes perfect sense, because like anytime you're visible in any capacity, it's acceptable to be bad and negative towards that person. Right. 
it's it's acceptable because it's never really addressed and the badness it's either just overlooked or sort of yes anded um the bad thing but and yeah, you like know. I think that these just existed like in the way that they did because like because of two reasons. Because one, like, you know, reinforcing the binaries of this is what a man is, this is what a woman is, this is how things are, the way that things are, with like no room for other ideologies, you know, like of course you could still like pizza and stuff. Like their their way of like adding nuance is they love pizza. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that like feeds into the writing is just bad. And yeah. it's they didn't take their responsibility to children as seriously as perhaps they should have. No, but what they did do, do you know what they did do? What did they do? They created a sick ass arcade skate park. Um, I want to. Okay, live I do want to go there. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, you know what I forgot too is huh. I. So I watched the San Diego Comic Con at home this year. I watched like a bunch of panels and stuff, and one of them was the dudes that made this movie. Uh, that got it made and wrote it in the whole thing uh-huh. and they are trash are they uh, i mean that makes they, sense they super are like they were the moderator i felt so bad he didn't even get to like really talk because it was just kind of like oh well tell us about this and then they like because they're old white men they just like fucking talked for 45 minutes and the, it was like a 50 minute panel <laughs> so i love it they're talking about how in the U.S. it was like, you know, there was a, a writer strike going on, but I was in the U.K. So and I was like, you fucking scab. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just I was so like pissed watching it because, uh, yeah, it's um, I mean, it's that a tracks, fun watch. <laughs> that tracks for as just whatever this movie is that tracks. And those dudes have like they uh their video was like in their house and it just like they were wearing the turtles jacket and they had all the turtle stuff around them. Like they were still so fucking self-congratulatory about them making this movie and about it being a success that they were yeah. still surrounding themselves with this memorabilia. It was um very gross and disturbing. <laughs> Straight male presenting people love Ninja Turtles. It's they true. Really it's do. just like it really is just like this resonant piece of iconography for these these people it really is just so emblematic of like yeah i'm interesting i like violence and i like pizza sue me (laughs) and you're like cool and no anchovies okay yeah anchovies because i'm not eating vegetables mom (laughs) yeah so it's a whole thing Um, oh man In 2010's New York, reporter April O'Neill is tired of covering condescending news and puts herself in literal, physical danger by following the crime syndicate known as the Foot Clan to get a story that will potentially be the big break she's been waiting for. She winds up being taken hostage by the group and subsequently saved by big mysterious turtle vigilantes. After putting the pieces together and realizing these ninja turtles were the result of an experiment her father was involved with, she brings the story to her boss, who decides to fire her immediately. Heartbroken, she finds herself seeking advice from her father's old, obscenely rich friend and learns that her research was supposed to be a super cure for some unknown disease. Weird. She leaves and heads to the turtle hideout and finds herself being comforted by the turtle gang, who hail her as their guardian after reminding her she saved them from the fire that destroyed her father and the rest of his research. But, uh uh-oh, here comes the Foot Clan to destroy them. Turns out Daddy's friend was a baddie and betrayed her. There's a big old fight and another big old fight and a chemical weapon. 
and then another big old fight, but teamwork eventually saves the day, and everyone is okay. Righteous brothers. <laughs> um, and that's the movie. And that's the movie. I do want to jump in here like I did before and just say unequivocally, canonically, and for the record, uh, Tony Shalhoub is hot. Uh, his voice is in this. I don't ever see him, but his voice um, is hot. <laughs> so Tony Shalhoub, if you're listening, um, yeah, whatever. I'm on Instagram. Just hit me up or whatever. Um, cool. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, Let's talk about this movie. Speaking of hot, can we talk about how all of the men talk about April, even while she's in the room? Yeah. And how gross it is. Like, even like the turtles say, she's so hot, I can feel my shell tightening. So that Maybe was. Maybe she has hot friends. So these are some of the things that, like, I'm going to come out and make a big statement about this movie and how I feel about it. I didn't like it and I didn't like it because of a lot of reasons that being one of them because for me yes they're adolescent but like cool make the make the teenagers the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles they're gonna be they're gonna be crushing that's the whole thing sure my shell tightening (laughs) y'all what why okay so you have a boner in like the implication being you have an erection oh Mm -hmm. so fun and funny like great it's so cool i'm so excited about your turtle erection that's sick Uh, um and then then, like does she have hot friends and then will arnett the whole time too is like referring to her as candy you look good and nice look at you you're you're like candy wait um but uh yeah like Mm -hmm. it's it's (laughs) they're bad i do also want to just caveat that this movie is entirely expositive backstory there's nothing else happens this entire movie exists just to explain in some silly michael bay realistic way how the turtles can exist in some relatively grounded realistic scientific explanation which is so unnecessary it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You don't got to do shit. Like, you don't have to explain <laughs> that. That's the whole point is it's silly. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, don't be messy and, and gross with some of this dialogue. But, like, the whole structure of the movie is to be like, how can we make... It's like Battleship the movie. It's like, that's a fucking board game. It's like Transformers. How can we make <laughs> this, like, real life? Y'all, it's Transformers. I mean, granted, Michael Bay, Michael Bayed it. So... Obviously, that's going to happen. I know he's just a producer, but even still, (laughs) I'm like, that lighting, he made sure to get every primary color as both the backlight and the fill light in any given scene, (laughs) which is just just like, yeah, let's put green here and purple here, even though there's literally no reason for it. Again, it's just cartoonist stuff, but... I didn't like... I mean, the turtles were just bad. I hated that they kept like being horny... And then Will Arnett kept being horny. And then who else was horny? I feel like there was somebody else who was horny. Everybody in this movie was horny. And Megan Fox, April, was just having none of it. And that's why I liked it. Okay. So I, everything that you said is 100% valid. And but, I hear but, you. But However, to me, that's the thing, though, is I'm like... Oh, sorry. You, you go. It's okay. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say... Part of it, too, there's, like, a history of just 
her her very vocal general mistreatment of like the way she was mistreated by Michael Bay. So in this very Michael Bay movie, it's like to me, it does feel a little fit girl powery in the same way that the first one was. Because even though sure she's very like, yeah, fuck that, whatever, whatever. I feel like none of the characters who are that way to her get any consequence apart from like you're a hero now it's like it's sort of like your bad behavior is rewarded in the same way that the other movie did that i disagree in the okay. in the sense that i don't feel like it was their bad behavior was rewarded i feel like they looked they looked worse for their behavior and maybe this is just my read as a woman so like one of the things that i fucking loved is that this movie is not about the Ninja Turtles. This is about April O'Neil. And like, you know, sure, her daddy and everything. But this is about April. It starts with her the whole fucking time. It's her, right? And it's her wanting to break out of the mold that was cast for her, right? So she's a hot girl. She's trying to like, you know, be taken seriously and all of that. And, you know, like, sure, Will Arnett is there. Like, you know, um, he his character basically exists. So we remember that she's hot, right? And every time that he goes after her or every time that he says something, we're all like, you're stupid. Like, I have a, I have a note here that says, put that fedora in the trash. Because like, yeah. that, like everything that he does looks bad it looks desperate it's not meant to be like oh yeah he's totally gonna get her right and like even the same way with the turtles like they'll say this stuff but i don't feel like any of it's rewarded and she doesn't end up with anybody in the end and and super super important because this never fucking happens she's a woman that has no powers that has no like her only power is that she's super smart and she's like willing to like do whatever she has to do to get the job done right but she has the final punch on Shredder. She's like this person that like tore apart her family and her whole life. It could have very easily been like one of the turtles where they're like chaining themselves to like boom, 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 the whole thing. And she's a part of that, you know? And so that final punch is what gets the bad guy gone and everything. And she's in this story narratively allowed to have that and so that worked so much better for me rather than the turtles defending her honor and doing this or whatever like it's like they set all of this up so she can exact her revenge so she can be the person to take control and to decide what happens you know and she's gonna punch him in the fucking face you know and i was here for that because we don't get to see Pepper Potts, or that's her name, right? We don't get to see her do that until she has the fucking Iron Man costume. Like, the, oh, look, ha, 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 right? We don't get to see, like, the the girlfriend or the girl in the movie ever get to do that. And, like, in a lot of ways, like, April O'Neil, it was shown that she is capable, she's smart, she's driven. And at every turn, you could tell that she was a victim of nobody believing her or of, like patriarchal expectation because of the way that she looks and so she was determined to break that and she did the it sucks that she had to like go out and put herself in physical fucking mortal danger in order to like get this lead or whatever but that's like the only way for her to to get through because like even all of the women all like there was there was like two other women it was Whoopi Goldberg and like her roommate or whatever but like those women and everybody around her was just treating her like a piece of ass right and they were saying things like 
to discredit and to question her. They were putting her down. They would say stuff like that asshole that it uh, that works with her, right? Where he's just like, what were you doing in Brooklyn? A trampoline convention? Oh, you think you found Superman? You have no evidence, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's just so, just such a great portrait of what women have to go through to be believed and to be taken seriously and to be like, to get anywhere. And also, like, she was the person that saved the turtle. And instead of just being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, just saying that and having that be a thing, like, they actually, like, uh, the turtles and Master Splinter sat her down and said, like, you are the great guardian. You saved us. We are here because of you. And they have this really nice moment where they're just, like, acknowledging that she is the reason that they're allowed to be. So, yeah. So, for all of these reasons, I really, really liked this movie and I was just so focused on her the whole time that like because she I felt was just such a strong character and like that everybody else around her was not taken seriously or was there um Will Arnett just to show like just to be a reminder like oh she's hot he was the he was the patriarchal character that was like reminding you this is the kind of world that she lives in and this is why she's never taken seriously. And this is also what she's fighting against every single day, you know. But again, in the end, she was the one that got the punch. I don't know. I, I just loved her fucking character in this. And I never thought that I would say that ever. I avoided this movie like the plague. We have completely different reads on this. I think she was so poorly written. I think the way that they wrote her character discredited what the movie was trying to say about her not needing anybody. Like, granted, yes, she did not get with anybody. I love that. That was great. I did did enjoy that. But there's levels of, like, the story where she, like, okay, so when she loses her job, there's, like, this whole thing where she's, like, trying to be, like, turtle, whatever. She's trying to, like, say, like, this is what I've seen and this is what's happening. On her phone is a picture, photographic evidence of Yes, them. I hated that. And then she gets fired and doesn't even bring it up. I'm like, so this writing is trying to make her look foolish. Like the 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 story, the script, this story is trying to make her look incompetent. So as for as autonomous as she is and for these, because you're right, Will Arnett is the character surrogate for the patriarchy. He is only there to sexualize her. That's his job. Like he's he's supposed to be that like, I'm your best friend and I've loved you the whole time trope, right? Like that's that's his deal. On top of that, the turtles, from what I remember, and I did watch this today, they comment on her physical appearance almost every scene. Like, I don't think there's ever a moment where they're not, even even when the truck is careening down this snowy hill and they're literally sliding underneath. Oh, that was fucking gross. Yeah. They're, they're still in this moment of danger where she like might die for as much as they're like, you saved us, you're glorious, we appreciate you. They obviously don't appreciate it that much because they're still talking about wanting to fuck her when she's about to die. So I'm like, you know, Were like they talking about that then because I know like the the whole reason that like I watched this a couple days ago, but like the whole reason that like the truck starts to go even crazier and stuff is because he uh, looks Will at Arnett butt. looks at her ass, which fucking I screamed at the television set when that happened. But I mean, that's very on brand for his character. And like, I, yeah. I do have notes about those pictures and stuff. And I'm like, why didn't she tell her boss that she was at the, the holdup? Why, why not? Yeah. But then like, also like, I, I think that was just that those moments were bad writing. I don't think that they were smart enough to try to write her 
bad like that. I think they were just they just fucking forgot is what I think. No, but that's the thing is I think that this movie is masquerading as that. But I think it like because also (laughs) as a backstory, (laughs) this movie is so silly. Project Renaissance. That's why their names are those names. Like, excuse me, the reason they love pizza is because she fed them pizza in the tank and they're like, yum, yum, only food for us forever. That was silly, yes. What is happening? And then, like, I get it. I totally get why they're trying to do this, just in the vein of, like, Michael Bay. But I feel like at every turn, because I believe that Megan Fox could absolutely pull off this character, but I do think that the writing in the story itself did her a disservice. And and that's it. It really is for for as like sort of generally exalting as this character is supposed sub, supposedly is throughout the film. As it surface level states in all of these moments, where like again, like you're the reason we're allowed to exist. You saved us. You are this hero who I've told these turtles about, and they're like, "That's her." And he's like, "Yeah, that's who this is." And they're like, "Oh no, shit!" Like whatever. Even after that, the turtles are talking about wanting to fuck her. Yes, and all I'm like, of that is if- gross, and that is very that is very on brand for the world that we live in. Do I like it? No, um, and maybe my bar is just very fucking low because I was just so excited that she well- got these moments that we never see women, especially in superhero movies, get um, yeah. and live for sure, right? Because yeah, oh like, yeah, you know. but like I think everything that you're saying is valid. I think so. Uh, did she need to be sexualized at every turn? Fuck no, she didn't. And that's that's what that's one of the things that kept me away from this movie for so long is because I fucking hate it when that happens. I hate yeah. when like Megan Fox as a character, you know, like is generally just over sexualized and over that. And maybe like I am desensitized to that, right? And maybe like I'm just so happy that like that she got agency in her story and that she was allowed these moments that like my opinion might be different on a second watch but like truly like I do I do stand by what I said like I I was able to put myself in her position like or in in this character and be like cool like absolutely this is what happens when you try to tell people um, what happened and they don't believe you absolutely this is what happens when a dude won't take no as an answer absolutely this happens like and and that also goes back to what I was saying when you're the only woman in like a room filled with men that you know like and you guys are kind of friends and everything especially as like a young as a young person and it sucks and it's gross and I hate it but like that's exactly what happens and I feel like that compared to the last April O'Neil and compared to like the last movie and everything, I felt like she had so much more agency in this story. And but it was still like she was friend ultimately friendless even throughout all of this because because being a successful woman is lonely, you know, and because going after what you want is lonely because nobody Nobody understands. Everybody's trying to tell you like, oh, well, you know, I mean, just be grateful for what you got. I mean, like, you know, you you got to do th- like and there's this exchange that she has with Will Arnett where he's like telling her, like, why are you going and putting yourself in danger, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's like, just put it to bed. Just do you, you got your thing. You'll get your. And she's like, 
would anybody else would like would any of those other great reporters do that like and he's like no it's different and she's like no it's not they're they started where i was and they had to take these opportunities you're only saying that because i'm a woman so like yeah she did like she wouldn't you know because of course she's not going to see will arnett looking at her ass while she's outside trying to like you know like help her friends outside or whatever right but like whenever she was confronted with you know, there there were those moments when she was confronted with that sort of uh, sexist behavior and she just she called it out and she's like, no, how dare you say this to me? Like, would you say this to to another dude? Like, no, get out of here. You know. Yeah. Also, Will Arnett just hitting on her in general in this movie was gross because he's like 35 years older than her. I don't know. Something something inappropriate. But um, yes, I agree. I just. To me, t- truly, to me, this movie was written by three men. First and foremost, like to me, this felt like some misogynist who put on a "The Future Is Female" T-shirt. A little, only in the sense that if I, f- I feel like this story, if it was really intentionally trying to. Because obviously they did, they they skipped some of those tropes. Again, like, she didn't get with the guy and she didn't die, but she stayed single and was a part of the ultimate. She was not damseled. She was a part of it, right? But even still, I feel like if they really did want to mean that at, at a point at which these characters are learning about their behavior, the movie should have made a very, like, should have made a stance. Like, at that point when the turtles are like, hey, you saved us and you're cool. It should be a, rec- a recognizing of like, fuck, we're gross. Like we did some gross shit. And then at that point, just like stop. And then what would have been cool is if like, that was really the intention later when Will Arnett does something stupid, one of the turtles would have been like, hey, that sucks. Like, yes, super dope. And again, maybe like, I'm just happy that we got the, the we got the end for once yeah. and we didn't fall into these tropes. Like, because the bar is so fucking low. Yeah. But, Ultimately, what I'm saying, like, the character's reactions to her and the way that the constant sexualization of her, that was there, that sucked. It sh- They should have been like, oh, no, like, you know, like, hey, don't do that. That's like, you know, that's inappropriate. But this movie was not about the turtles and their growth. It wasn't really about them at all, right? They were just side characters. This was really like April's movie is what it felt like to me. And yes, of course, like... It- Okay, so I'll go back to like my Michael Show reference uh, with Parks and Rec, where they didn't change anything about Leslie Nope. They just like for season two and the other seasons, they just changed how the characters reacted to her. And I feel like if the other characters in this film weren't so horny, you wouldn't feel as strongly about that because and you can't like none of those things were her fault. She can't help how she looks. She can't help all. And maybe like that's part of what I was going into it with too, is it's like, I know that she's hypersexualized and I know that that is Michael Bay's choice. And I know that, you know, like she's a lot more than this. So I tried to ignore that looking at this because, you know, she's, she's an actor that just gets the short end of the stick with that well, a lot. Ho- and so Hollywood has absolutely fucked. Ab- Hollywood has absolutely fucked her. Like just in every, like they've, Oversexualized her to the point of oversaturation and then made everybody hate her because she was too hot. And then when she tried to like come back, people are still like, oh, she's gross. Look at her thumbs. Like it's a whole re- people really ruined her in mm-hmm. Hollywood. And it does suck. It, it's shitty. Right. But I do, I really think this script 
added to that like for for as autonomous as she was because like even even the scene with her roommate when she's in the room they made her look intentionally erratic and like for for what reason like she could give her some autonomy in the sense that like have her explain herself in a very clear way in these Mm -hmm. moments when she's trying to explain herself they make her look so foolish and like a klutz like so what's what is the intention so it's like true yeah. You know what I mean? Like at every point where it's like, yes, she is important. She is strong. Whereas I think in the first one, that version of, I mean, granted, taking out of context, that character is so much more autonomous and, in my opinion, just coherent and strong as a character, obviously, apart from all the men in her life and that choice at the end for her to like kiss him. But like, so out of character, it's so bullshit, it's fake. But in this one, just at any point where like there's a moment where she can enact some change, like with her boss who completely discredits her, thinks she shouldn't have the job, thinks she is insane. They make her that character at any moment of growth or at any moment of like power. They take it away from her at every point mm-hmm. to the way that she has to go do it herself. And then even then in these moments where she's like, fine, I'm going to be the underdog and have to do it myself. Cause then that's the, that's the narrative pathway they give her is the underdog because nobody believes her, whatever. Even then this group is constantly like sexualizing her and all of this stuff. When in fact, we've already discussed that we've already discussed Will and its character being shitty. She's addressed it. We've, uh, we've addressed that she is a mother figure almost. Uh, uh, just like a savior figure to these turtles they're still trying to fuck her he's still trying to fuck her i'm like why like why So all of that exists because all of those things existed in the first one right like it is inherent to the ninja turtle story that april o'neill is over sexualized and that everybody wants to fuck her it is inherent that she is good at her job and that she does get fucked because nobody believes her or because, you know, X, Y, and Z or because she's good at what she does, right? So this is the, in true Michael Bay fashion, right? The bigger, grittier, more intense thing. And so how do you make that more intense in a room full of three men? You make them just constantly. And how do you disempower? How do you disempower a woman? You simplify her down to her sexuality, Right. And to her body and to what she is. So, yes, like uh, absolutely. Those those scenes 100 percent worked to try to try to just make it like, oh, how cute she's there or like, oh, dang, girl, she can do this like in in all of those ways. But taking taking out those characters and how they responded to her, I still stand by. I think that she is a great character. And I think this film could have really benefited from a woman writer being in the room not that they would allow one but you're also right in the sense that this was a bunch of guys trying to be like we made this positive female character we're not going to make any others in this movie and we're also just going to talk about how hot she is so the guys aren't bored right or they don't feel threatened so like that's what it because she did feel powerful she did feel all of this but she in sexualizing her, they just made it less threatening for men to see I, her and to let her have that last punch and to let her exist and to have so much of the story be about her because you can't have more than one woman on a screen in a dude story, right? But that's the thing. I feel like that's giving you way too much credit because <laughs> uh, truly, true, truly, 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 to me, it felt fake. It felt so phony. It felt so so phony feminist 
to me. That was just the read of it. And also, I think there's a level of like, this movie also just kind of felt like a, like structurally it felt like the pre-ride narrative of a ride at an amusement park. Like structurally, it's like they're setting up this story and then the ride is the big action and then there's like the return to station outro narrative. It it didn't, I just, I didn't enjoy this movie because it did feel fraudulent in these ways. I feel like, again, in the same way that Michael Bay has done previously, it felt like phony autonomy. It felt like phony power. To me, it felt disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, because like, because you're correct, like, having all of these even after these facts like that's just kind of how life is but i think life is perpetuated because of stories like this so because media is so important in a movie that is supposedly this thing why not change the reality of life in in to to some to some degree obviously not just be like well this is whatever like you're just perpetuating that in a way that like young kids are going to see this again and be like oh well we can still do that like that's fine for us mm-hmm. and we can go out into the world and do it like if this movie was intentionally trying to be this 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 feminist storytelling i think they they would have done that they would have acknowledged these things they would have given the turtles the the tools in these moments to autonomously and organically say hey that's fucked up or that's wrong let's stop doing this they would have given will arnett's character the tools to say that or do that thing but they kind of just let them exist in that way. And in that way, it's like they, they swept the platform from underneath Megan Fox's character. Where it's like, yes, obviously she is these things. We're seeing that. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. Super on board. But by then not acknowledging these other characters and letting the men just be shitty constantly around her, it's taking the power away from what they consider to be a fo- powerful feminine story. I want to clarify, I don't think this is a feminist story in any stretch of the imagination. Okay. So I just really, I enjoy a lot of the things about her character and a lot of the beats that she was given, right, uh, or allowed yeah. to inhabit, but that, you know, did this need to be better in the way that it treated her? Yes. And I think yeah. that that is very meta as to how this story itself is very meta when you look at (laughs) april o'neill as megan fox and that's i think coming into this being like they have fucked you up girl they have like like you know chewed you up and spit you out they have tried to like do all of this stuff fuck them and she's still trying to do well and do all that and when you're under that kind of stress like okay yes like she's smart and everything but have you blown a job interview? Have you like yeah. totally like yeah. when somebody asks you like, you know, if, if somebody comes up and asks me about like my media analysis or whatever or like a paper I wrote, my paper could be fucking amazing and like super well written and like I got an A on it and all this stuff. But if you try to ask me about it while I'm drinking or while I'm like, you know, like uh, have been up all night trying to piece all of this shit together, of course I'm going to stumble over it. Of course yeah. all of this. And like... You know, when you know that the people in the room are not there for you, you know that they're not going to listen to what you say. So you try to like fumble and get over all of that stuff. So like, would it have been better if she was able to articulate that a little bit better to people in power? Yes, 100%. However, like allowing for nuance and like showing that sometimes like even though you're capable, you do fumble like 
cool. I'm fucking here for it. Is this giving them way too much credit? Yes. But I'm looking at all of my notes were Megan Fox, not <laughs> April O'Neil. And I just, you know. You're yeah. being so incredibly kind <laughs> to the writers of this film. You're so No, I'm kind being to kind that. to Megan Fox. But that's the thing, though, is like, <laughs> because if we're looking at Megan Fox and her performance, that's different from the narrative because we can we can address what she's been given and what she can do with the material. But if the material itself, you know, that whole bullshit to me, I think you're being very kind to the writers because I don't think because you said like there's room for nuance in these characters. But if we look at this whole backstory, I'm like, it's the most unnuanced. OK, it's but so you can I mean. Again, you it's different reads. You can look at reads. any movie. You can look at any movie that we <laughs> that we critique, and it could be like we're being way too kind to the writers. Because I'm absolutely sure that um, Indiana Jones was not trying to have this conversation about you know this and this no. and this and this, right? But like, Although, but that's also part of like you know part of it is like when you're an artist and when you do something like as soon as it's out there and in the world, like regardless of how you meant it to be consumed or how you meant it to be interpreted, you cannot control how people perceive it or what people read into that. And so like, this is just my read and my interpretation. Do I think that they meant any of these things? No. And I think that that's where like, that's where Megan as a woman portraying this character, knowing what she was doing, I think that's where this kind of shined a little bit. And is that being too nice to some of them? Yeah, sure. But like, I I also think that despite bad writing that, you know, sometimes actors can do a really phenomenal job with uh, shit that they were given, you know. Um, It's true. Yeah. That's why I think like in those moments where she is like flabbergasted, I... And again, like, I, I know that I'm going to be like, keep saying this, but no, I love got, it. She got that like final punch. She got her fucking revenge. She did all of that. And she was acknowledged for what she's done and what she did. And she was allowed to be a part of a part of the solution rather than just being damseled, you know? So yeah, I fucking stand all of that. Did they realize they were doing that? No. And if they did, like, would they have, you know, done that? Fuck no, they wouldn't have, uh, because I have no faith in the writers of this movie. But I have faith in Megan Fox and April O'Neil, because April just in herself, like you know, like you were saying, like in the last movie and stuff. I like, she's strong, she's capable, she's all this other stuff. So like, her as a character, great. How all of the men and everybody around her react, fucking garbage in all of these movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she exists there to confuse little boys and be like, oh, <laughs> mommy, <laughs> my show's yeah. getting tight. Like, whatever. So. Ooh. I I <laughs> love, so I will, I do, is this the first time we've both, we've been on opposite ends of something and like stuck with it? It's one of the few times for sure. One of the few yeah. times. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I love it. I love when we disagree on something and we're just like both like no, but you are just like no, but you like no, but are you hearing that I am hearing yeah, you? But are you really hearing though, this? But really, <laughs> but really, did you want? But I mean, obviously, difference of opinion, obviously, different takes, and obviously, it's based on life experience as well. Because I don't know the female experience at all, right? Like, I am not. I've never been there. Never will be there. That is not a part of my experience as a person. But the male experience is something that I've experienced, and these men are fake. <laughs> They're trash. But yeah, again, these men are trash and one-sided they're, they're, and terrible and horrible. Yeah. All of them. It's it's such a... Like, also, I do want to say something that I thought was so funny. 
I was watching it and Eric came down and I had a pause and we were talking about something. I was like, this movie is like all over the place. It's also very silly. And I was like, watch. I, I'm so excited for there to be the scene where it's just like like news reporters or something and they're just like what are they reporting i don't know it's like some kind of turtle they're like what do you mean yeah and they're like fighting it's like they're like ninjas almost yeah well do you have more of a description i don't know maybe they're like 30 no i honestly think they're a little bit younger probably teens are you telling me (laughs) that these teenage ninja turtles well they're also reporting that they're mutants so let me get this straight these teenage mutant ninja turtles are running amok and like that i was like oh here comes that scene the titular we know it's coming and then it was she wakes up and it's like what are you well we're we're turtles actually we're ninjas we're also teens um we're mutants as some people say and then she's like so wait you're mutant ninja turtle teens and they're like that sounds weird when you say it like that i'm just like oh my (laughs) god this is so bad like they were so proud crazy it was and i just honestly just from from a self-congratulatory perspective i was full of joy just knowing like (laughs) i mean obviously it's coming when's it gonna come in in what form i'm very curious but as soon as it happened i was just like "Ah, ooh." Oh God, I'm so smart. I mean, you know what kind of vibe I I got watching this? Like, because like, yeah, there were moments like that, and it was just like, fucking yeah, of course. And like, you know, like in like their portrayal of like men and women, and like all this other stuff, like kind of like Fast Five or Fast Four, right? Like, yeah, that's the vibes that I got from this. Which, like, those. uh, So yes, like that's also kind of why I was so on board because like, okay, this is dumb action movie. This is this, and then it's like. Whenever they break, you know, some of these tropes, like, and uh, give it to give it to the ladies, I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, thank you, yeah, thank you. Everybody else is trash, and yes, of course, you're gonna be like, mm, yeah, baby, and well, stuff like that, which is gross, and I hate it. Let's change that the next time, because you know, there's gonna be a next time that they fucking reboot this fucking franchise. Like, okay, I kept getting like both of these, like, I, it was so hard to write the intros. I would, I kept getting them like mixed up yeah. because, like, I've heard the story or like read the story or seen the story of the uh, Ninja Turtles like 84 times. So it's just like, okay, wait, uh, it's like the same formula. It's the same thing, just different. And it's just, it's boring. Let's do something different with this. Yeah. It's incredibly boring. They just, they just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was an amusement park ride for me. It's, it was, it's just wild. I, um. Uh, well, I don't really even know how I feel about her. So, you know what I Are don't Are we talking like? about the other woman? Yes. The, who was there Kari. literally just to be shit on? Yes. Like, her character was like, you did this bad. Oh. Yeah. It was. She was just there, so that way Shredder would be able to beat up on somebody. Yeah, 100%. And also, let's be real. That hair streak, that is so outplayed. You need to stop it with these like <laughs> this cool, is not like, Scott Pilgrim versus the universe. Yes, okay. straight up like the cool the cool Asian girl gets a streak in her hair. Like I can can you stop like why? What's the speaking need? of tropes? That's like such a bad trope is just like Ugh. the the femme fatale spy version of yeah. like that's like one of the only roles that like women are allowed to inhabit like Asian women are allowed to inhabit in like these yes. kinds of movies. And yeah, it's it's really disheartening. It is because it really like she was allowed to be bad, but then in the badness, she was like 
not only is she portrayed to our audience as like, oh, she sucks because she's evil, based in this like binary of good versus evil, but within that evil sector, she's also abused. So it's like, cool, yes. this person can't get a fucking break. <laughs> like, like you're writing her to just be the punching bag, but with a evil cape. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, it's just, yeah, I, I hated the treatment of her. I hated her character in the movie. She didn't need to be there. There was no she development. Didn't. There was nothing. No. Like, and so the other woman that we're going to have in this movie is just going to be a punching bag for the bad guy. Yeah. And we already have women putting other women down. And so now, okay, great. We get to watch women be abused. Okay, great. And so that's why I say like this movie was absolutely not a feminist movie. It's <laughs> no. an absolute fluke that I really like the character of April. You know, maybe I'm th- I'm fluke. still I'm thinking <laughs> about her like way too meta, you know, because this movie didn't give a shit about its women. It didn't give no. a shit about like it was just you are supposed to be there for eye candy and all this other stuff. But I can't help it, you know. But yeah, the the, the treatment of of uh, her was just really really sad she didn't need to be there and it just made me it was bad also i do want to get into a couple like really fun bad movie things like her trying to take a picture with her camera and it's like low light she's like shit (laughs) i gotta climb like these 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 really clunky uh segues or these really clunky story beats like the story beats were so unnuanced it was like as soon as something's supposed to happen, it's like somebody smashes a symbol and you're like, what's happening? And it's like, oh, that's right. They have to progress to this next scene. <laughs> like, it was so, uh, what, it was so weird. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I thought it was I, funner than the first one in those respects. Like, I, I was like, I was laughing and I was like, okay, this is, this is so bad. This is really bad. Okay, whatever. Like, so it was in that way for me, it worked like it was like more cartoonish. That. It was way more cartoonish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas the first one was like Barney meets Law and Order. And you're I like, mean, but that's okay. like 90s cartoons, right? Have you ever gone back and tried to watch some of those? Because those, yeah. like, yeah, at least like the ones that were on like Fox and WB and all that, like, uh, yeah. some of them, some of them are hard to watch. They're like really trying to be the, the serious. They were trying to do Christopher Nolan before Christopher Nolan, yeah. which was, which is what it felt like. And I know I haven't seen the other ones from the 90s. Cause, like, there's three of them. Yes. Two of them three. for sure. There's three. I know the second one, the tone is completely different. Yes. From what people have said. You've, have uh, you seen it? This is the, the 90s ones, but yeah. The ni- no, yes. I, I've seen them, but I don't remember anything. And you either love the second, you either stand the second one or stand the third one, but whichever one you stand, you hate the other one as it was oh, told to me. Oh, is it? Thank you for letting me know the roles of the subculture. I will... Uh, I just found out myself. Somebody, to... a man had to explain it to me. We love but... <laughs> it. We love it. I mean, I haven't seen the other ones, but just basing it on these two. The, basing it on the first 1991 and then this 2014 one. The 2014 one was visually way, I mean, it was way more grabby. Like, I was captivated. I mean, it was, there was so much to look at. The colors were way too vibrant. The action sequences were just which like... Which also works to it being a cartoon. All over the place. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those levels were just like, this is fun, silly action. Mm-hmm. Which is all it was. You know. Yeah. This was a Fast and Furious movie for kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's just way too horny.
Okay, so we're we're in the outro, and before we just go into this, I'm going to do something I never do, which is I'm going to jump right in here, right off the top, uh, and say that canonically, Bebop and Rocksteady, I know nothing about them. I will say they are boyfriends. They are married. Um, mm-hmm. They may or may not be adopting. Who knows? However, I don't want to perpetuate gays in a negative light knowing that they are villains, because I know nothing about them, so please do not yell at me. JK, I love being yelled at. My handle's Zila Fibri everywhere. Um, <laughs> send me uh, words of aggression. However, I don't want to perpetuate like gays being bad, but like the idea that they're boyfriends obsessed. I don't know them. And again, I know nothing about Ninja Turtles, but just seeing them, I'm like, oh, duh. These are these like gym bro boyfriends who are just like super mask and silly. They're boyfriends. That's it. They are. They have to be. They must. If if Bebop and Rocksteady are not boyfriends, sorry, TMNT's canceled. My bad. Like, fine, I'll just say it. I'll be brave. I'll be brave and say it. If they are not boyfriends canonically, I don't care about the Ninja Turtles. I don't care. That tracks. Yeah. From everything we've seen today yeah. and talked about today. They must. 100%. They I mean, must okay. be boyfriends. I had, like, no notes for them in the last one, the turtles themselves. Because oh, it's same. Just like they're they're so boring and one-sided and it's like everything is either a boner or fart joke yeah which (laughs) was the two big comedic beats of that second movie yeah Uh, eric the 1990s yes tmnt movie yes who is it for horny teenagers is that going to be your answer for both because that was going to be my answer (laughs) i kind of yeah horny (laughs) teenagers Horny teenage boys is who it was for. Because, I mean, again, who's being belittled? It's like these boys are being mistreated. And then they're like, surrogate is like, yeah, these other teenagers who are also boys who also like pizza. And then they're also like, smokes or clothes. Oh, girl. Skate park arcade. And that girl's hot. My wiener. And you're like, okay, (laughs) wow. Let's just chill out, children. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so, yeah. Also, daddy loves me. Yeah. Daddy loves me, but he hates me. But he does and i'm not i'm a man now take off the girly why and you're like okay all right all right okay okay uh, too okay. much i'm gonna say you know same yes 100 yeah, right? that okay. is that is canonical for the first and second movie yes um did you like this first one not really like there are elements that i was like this is fine but overall kind of boring did you hesitate because you're afraid to like lose cred or like that somebody's no. gonna come beat you up over no. it? No, no, because, because I was earnest. I was earnestly trying to think because I also know now from you. Thank you for the knowledge that that would only be credible for the second or third of the '90s franchise, whereas the first one's the one that people are kind of like, whatever. Oh no, the first one everybody loves. Oh, they do. Yeah, so everybody oh, loves the first one, and then a second and third. Sorry, there's gonna <sighs> be like a it. like they're gonna come to your door. They're gonna beat it down. I'm sorry, boycott this is me. Just, you know, canceled. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Eric. Just boycott me, y'all. <laughs> um, no, truly, honestly, earnestly, I thought it was kind of boring. I thought there was not a lot of substance. It was kind of fun, but overall, did I find myself wandering and like kind of tired of the story absolutely i also agree with that because i i was like on my phone i was like oh shit what happened and then i had to like go back and i never watched my phone like or watch my phone i never look at my phone during these because i'm like trying to like pay attention and be like okay cool blah 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 you know but like it was 
so boring that I had to stop the movie and go to bed. <laughs> and then I watched it the next day. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to know something funny? I watched the first 15 minutes in one day and I was like, you know what? I can't do this today. <laughs> I'm going to prepare myself, come back. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to have a nice cup of coffee and I'm just get going to get into it. And it's going to be great. That's fair. That's very uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So boring. So we generally. had the same. We had the cool. same reaction. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I wanted to like it because, you know, same. Um, because like, you know, so many people are nostalgic for this. There's so much love for this. There's like, you know, like a whole fucking empire built off of the turtles. And yeah, it was just kind of boring. I mean, and like, I don't, I don't understand sometimes how people can go back and or how people can stand these things and not watch them or they can like go back and watch them and be like, yeah, that was fucking great. Yeah. And it's like, wait. Did it's we nostalgia. watch the same movie? Did it's we? nostalgia. Hold it's on. It's all nostalgia. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's literally Barney Law and Order. And we love cinematic. <laughs> we love cinematic dichotomous aesthetic. We love it. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, give me Barney Law and Order. This is going to be fucking cute. Like everything looks gritty, but they look cartoonish and fun and silly in this really yellow, dimly lit world. Like this is cool. Boring as fuck. Story was boring. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be brave here. Sorry, guys. Dang. It was boring. <laughs> um, it was boring. As a movie, it's boring. Uh, one of the things that I love so much about doing this pod is that I can say how I really feel about stuff because like yeah. so many times it's like when somebody's like, oh, what do you think about that? Like at least before doing this pod, like it was just kind of like, oh, well, uh, you know, but like yeah. now I'll straight up tell somebody to their face. I'm like, yeah, this is trash or like, like yeah, I, I don't like this. Because like, it's all it's all opinion based, but generally it's kind of like I read it this way and it's bad. Yeah. And like, great. Everybody has their own different interpretations and all of that. But like, if it yeah, makes like when you, you happy. when you go, just go back. If you stand something, just go back and watch it every couple of years. Just go back and just do that. It's fine. It's okay to also like know this is you trash can... and still like it. Like that's exactly. also cool. Like I love doing that. It, it are the Fast and the Furious movies trash? Yes. Do I love them? Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Alien okay. Resurrection is it trash? Yes. Do I love it? Uh, so okay (laughs) i i actually did like the alien uh prequels after watching it all together okay mostly because it all like i was like i fucking get it okay cool did i were they dumb were they bad yes 100 were were did they do things that they shouldn't have done 100 percent. but you know what like it was just silly and fun and i I also really loved alien 3 did i okay alien 3 was kind of boring for me. I this is an alien podcast now. Alien Three was a little boring for me. Um, Prometheus, I loved even at first watch. Okay, cool. Okay, I love okay. Prometheus. Um, the sequel to that, I liked significantly less, but I thought it was just fine. But, I love this conversation about AI, ver- yes. like you know, and the and mother versus father versus yes. This. Like, okay, let's do. Let's do Alien. We'll, we'll talk. Let's do Alien. I want to do Let's, Alien. I mean, we'll, we'll finish this, but yeah. No, yeah, there's okay. a whole there's a whole thing. And also the erasure of the gay characters. I'm like, <gasps> you need to get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have a whole thing with that. I was so mad seeing that in theaters. Because, okay, Danny, I don't know if you want to edit this out or whatever. I'm going to just say it. 
we saw the trailers to that and I was like, yes, these husbands are in it and they're like astronauts together and these gay astronauts yes. are going to space and it's cool. And then like the first people to get killed are them, like one of them and then he's like stays behind and I'm just like, they had like two lines and they hardly kissed. I'm like, you need to show Wiener now and you need to show <laughs> loving, loving husbands now. You need to show male affection Yes. Again, the wiener's not as important, but you know what I mean. Whenever Either way. there's a, a film that has female nudity and like there's obviously a dude that's naked, like you'll they'll show like everything for the woman, right? So yeah. we we all as a, collectively as a household uh kind of just yell, uh, show us your dick. I get it. <laughs> like, show, like, like, like you coward, like show yeah, it. You, <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna show a woman, like what the they're both naked, it's fine, but there's always nude- like the strategic covering, and I'm like, uh. coward. I'm like, show, like, g- g- all gender-inclusive nudity. Like, yeah. come on. Anyways. Anyways, okay. The remake, <sighs> um, was it new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? Has the story evolved with today's ideals? Uh, I'm going to say it was a... Uh, hot take. I don't know if this is even a hot take. I think it was the same. I don't think it was intentionally progressive. Mm-hmm. I do think it was visually more interesting, but I don't know where that lies on our chart. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. So what do you think? <laughs> um, I think it was pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I also agree that it was not intentionally progressive. If they knew, if if they asked me my read of this before they you know, went to go film it or anything, and I said any of the stuff that I said about Megan Fox's character, about April O'Neil, they would have gone back and changed it because they didn't. They did not want uh, strong female characters and stuff. Has it evolved with today's ideals? Yeah, unintentionally, everything that you said. Yes, I <laughs> I agree with you. Um, who was it for? Who was it for? Horny, horny boys. Horny, horny yeah, boys. Okay. Young okay, horny. Cool. Yeah. Did you like it? No. I didn't like it at all. Well, (laughs) uh, this might be more rude, but to me, this is another one of those, like, was this even a movie? I feel like this was more of a movie than than the first one. Oh, well, yeah. Way more. Yeah. But I feel like this one, this one at least held my interest, where the first one, I, like, just couldn't even keep watching the movie because yeah. it was so boring. But um, see, yes, but to me, this was just a ride at Universal Studios. A hundred percent, yeah. That's all it was to me. And as a movie, I'm like, was it though? I feel like I was just on a ride the whole time. <laughs> um, did you like it? <laughs> I had fun with it, yeah. Like, I mean, I think a lot of it is because I just ignored all of like so much of the boner jokes and yeah. all of the men around Megan Fox and it was just kind of like you get it girl like you do your thing. Yeah. Uh will I watch the second one? Yes. Will I like it? I don't know. We'll find out. But I think I also probably just needed a break from the week. So um this was a a nice break. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how much you hated this. Yes. 
It was so <laughs> weird. It was so bad. Um, I will be watching the second one. You're, you're. I'm on the same page. I will be watching the second one because again, See? I need some rhino warthog boyfriend business also i did find some gay fan art do you want to see it real quick yes i do so their fingernails are painted so it's canonically queer oh i've seen that one i love that one my man so cute they're so cute oh gosh i need them to be boyfriends real bad yes thank you so much for listening we love you so much please rate and review (laughs) us if you do we would love you so much for doing that and you can write into us at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram, nostalgiapod. Find us there. Artwork and music by Eric Lefebvre. And, That's me. Uh, Danny Barkley is our editor. And thank you, Eric. This was fun. Thank you, Jazz. This was also fun. <laughs> I loved it. Me too. Before we sign off, um, legit though, if you're listening to this, please, please, please rate and review. Like we do say it, but like it is so important for our visibility. Please. If you're listening to our words right now and you haven't given us five stars, just throw them at us. Just go on to Apple Podcasts and just be like, bam, it's bam, so bam. Quick. We love it. You just go- and then you can even, if you want to write us something, be like, this is great, period, five stars, send it. We would be so grateful. Truly, 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 please do it. Anyways, that's my pitch yeah yeah and thank you to everybody that already has yes um so uh that's it that's the end of the pod remember stay cute and stay critical bye bye